0: I don't feel any pressure. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, this organization, it's, I've been in, you know, I think it's my ninth year and, and whether I'm coaching 15 year or I'm coaching the college team, I'm, I want, I'm expected to win. And that's, I'm a, as a player, I, I wanted to win every single game. If I'm playing any sport, that's the way I view things.
1: Welcome to episode 227 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. The 2023 Western Canadian Baseball League season is now underway. Over the next few months, 10 teams in Alberta and Saskatchewan will battle it out with the goal of raising the Harry Hallis Trophy in mid-August. Here on the podcast, each week during the summer, we're going to switch things up a little bit and endeavor to bring you two or three coaches, players, and surprise guests to give you some variety with each episode. On deck this week, we have reigning WCBL Pitcher of the Year Josh Tucker of the Sylvan Lake Gulls and rookie Lethbridge Bulls outfielder Dimitri Shikako. But first, we head to Tokes, where the Dogs are hoping to repeat as WCBL champions. The Dogs won an exciting three-game series against Moose Jaw to claim the title last year after a regular season that saw them set the league record for wins during a campaign. They have a number of veterans from that team who are returning this summer to go along with some new recruits. However, one familiar face won't be returning to the dugout this year as head coach Mitch Schmidt announced during the offseason he was taking a health-related break.
0: Hello, Okotoks dogs, friends, family, and fans. Coach Schmidt here, reaching out from Omaha to everyone in the Okotoks area. Some of you have heard the rumblings that I will not be able to make it back to Okotoks this summer. This is true. I will be on medical leave. Coaches Dave Robb, Andy Peterson, Joe Surgent, Lou Pote, and I have been working hard all off season with recruiting to make sure that we have all the right dogs on the field to bring Okotoks another championship. Lou will fill my chair as manager while I'm on medical leave. I feel extremely comfortable handing the reins over to Lou. I know we'll do a fantastic job. I wish you all the best of luck. Go
1: Dogs. As Big Bear pointed out, Lou Pote will be taking the reins this summer. Our Ian Wilson was in attendance for the Dogs Media Day on Thursday and chatted with the former MLB hurler, starting with those initial phone calls with Schmidt.
0: I believe it was in October he had called me and had this plan that, you know, he, and I'm not, he's not going to come back and uh, be able to come back this year. Um, and he asked me, to, you know, telling me, you're the guy that needs to step in and do it. And I was like, at first I'd, a little bit hesitant, and then you know, a couple back-to-back phone calls from him. Uh, you know, just kind of—I you know, don't know—just basically asked me and he wouldn't leave me alone. And 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 it was something that you know, I felt like I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want to l- let the organization down. And uh, and I'm a baseball guy, so uh, it's you know, it's a challenge, and and I look forward to it. And uh, you know, just want to kind of. Keep the train, keep the bus running, keep the train running, whatever you want to call it, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hang another banner, get another ring. Uh, you
2: step into a situation where the the assistant coaches around you, uh, it's pretty stable. You got a lot of returning players from the championship team. Talk about just stepping into that situation where it's not just kind of coming in cold and uh, no help with no help along the way
0: yeah like you know as far you know the with the players you know a lot of returning guys that have been through this been through the league uh and won uh multi-couple championships uh and then with dr and joe and andy it's same thing you know they they know the ins and outs of the league uh from a day-to-day basis and you know uh they a lot they faced a lot of players the guys that are going to be on a different team so uh just, just the ability to lean on them and, 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 you know, just it makes my job a lot easier. Uh, along with you know having a, a lot of veteran players and core players that have been on championship teams, it's easier.
2: You've been around this organization for a while now, coaching younger ages. Just talk about making that transition from, from a younger player to the, the, the age group that you're seeing now.
0: Uh, you know, I like, I always tell you know. When as a coach, I think you get, you, you, you're not doing your job if you if you make the game seem easy to uh, to players because it's not, um, and that's something that I I've, I really thought that uh, I'm I, heard, I forget where I heard that from somebody say it at a convention, and it just it just hit home because it's not and it's tough and uh, so you know being able to you know talk to them about it uh, because I've been through a lot of the struggles you know the struggles that they've been through and you know our coaching staff has been through the struggles and I think that's the the thing that our guys uh in the past have been it's they're they're allowed to be themselves and 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 go out there and play and and have fun and and uh you know and I think as a coaching staff when when you understand that and the coach and the team sees that it just makes it a lot easier.
2: Talking earlier about uh, pressure, and uh, it's a little bit funny to think that uh, someone who's pitched in the major leagues, has a World Series ring, would would find this to necessarily be a pressure-packed situation. But there's the pressure of expectations in terms of the success recently with the dogs. Um, how do you, I guess, um, use that pressure, or how do you view any pressure that that may be in this scenario?
0: I, I honestly, I, I'm a fu- I'm a fun guy. I don't I, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't feel any pressure. I, I mean, I, I, think, uh, you know, this organization it's, I've been in, you know, I think it's my ninth year and, and whether I'm coaching 15 year or I'm coaching the college team, I'm, I'm expected to win. And that's, I'm as a player, I, I wanted to win every single game. If I'm playing any sport, that's the way I view things. So, uh, there's an expectation and, and I, I understand that 100%. And, uh, it's not held any higher than my standards of, uh, of wanting to be the, want, wanting to be the best and be a part of uh, another championship. So it's just fun man. It's a baseball field. We got to come out here and I just got a closer seats the action this year.
2: Uh, Mitch Schmidt is a huge personality here. He has been a big personality over the last few summers. That maybe contrast
0: the, the coaching styles of, of the two of you it's I, I actually I think it's similar he's just very he's way more he's he's a lot louder than I am right uh where you know I remember sitting in the stands and I'm on the third base or third base side and I can hear him laughing right so you probably won't hear me as much uh well I won't guarantee you 100% you won't hear me as much but uh I think it's the same you know the same mentality he like expecting to win uh Having, you know, your players ready to play uh, at any point, right? And just communicating with them, you know, for them to be ready, whether it's at the beginning of the game or the end of the game. Um, but, you know, I think the, the the biggest similarity is me and we both like, love to have fun. Awesome.
2: Lou, thanks for this. Uh, congratulations on the new gig and uh, good luck this summer.
1: All right. Thank you for having me. Meanwhile, another big piece of news coming from the Dogs on Thursday is fan favorite Matt Wilkinson, a.k.a. Tugboat, won't be spending the entire summer with the squad. The hard-throwing Southpaw, who picked up the final outs in last year's championship and the tabbed opening day starter this summer, will be heading to Chatham of the Cape Cod League in the not-too-distant future. It's a big step for the Ladner BC and Dogs Academy product, who is one of the best JUCO arms across the U.S. this spring going 10-2 with a 1.07 ERA in 16 appearances for Central Arizona College, striking out 136 batters in just 84 innings.
2: Matt, you're back at uh, Siemens Stadium. Uh, last time you were here, you got the last out, uh, won a WCBL championship. How's it feel to be back?
3: That's cool, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's good to be back a little earlier than I expected, but uh, you know, it's always good to come back to a place like this. So. Um, it seems like the last couple of years...
2: You just been on fire like you've been like I'm, I'm not trying to blow smoke but it like it's like the numbers don't lie <laughs> you've been pitching very well uh coming off a, a season I saw you pitcher of the year south of the border uh, just talk to me about how you're feeling when you get on that mound it just seems like everything's been clicking for you for a while now uh, yeah well, what I've
3: been able to develop at a young age is just like having confidence and believing in everything you do and it goes a long way you put your mind to something you want to do and you'll be able to do it um but uh just honestly pitching with confidence, Uh, just not being scared of anyone, no no matter who you face, but proved it this year, but still a lot more to go and I'm excited, excited for it.
2: Of course, we only see the end result. We see you come in in the ninth, uh, here I know you're a starter as well, you can be comfortable pitching in any scenario, but talk to me a little bit about the hard work that goes into where you're at in this stage of your career. Like what what kind of stuff are people not seeing
3: either in the weight room or diet or like any of that stuff? Oh, well just, it comes down to just having a plan just staying true to your plan like i'm not the best at the stuff like obviously i'm not but just staying true to your plan and just saying consistent to uh like the same plan to get you better prepare you for the best so just stand for that just staying healthy so
2: just seeing you know, out on, on the mound as well like you're an emotional guy tell me about how you harness that emotion in, a, in an effective way because sometimes that can be you know your emotions get out of control yeah that can be a bad thing too yeah
3: but uh for sure yeah just pick your times pick the right times to do it for sure but uh, this year when I was starting I was completely different uh, no emotion and, uh, just you're, you're out there for seven eight innings not just for one so you got to keep yourself in it a little bit longer, but, you know, that's, that's a summer ball vibe type of thing. I'm not doing that at school, but when I'm here, I will, for sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Any expectations or, or goals for you for this summer? Uh, what's, what's other than win a title, obviously, that's always the goal.
3: Well, I have a little bit of a different summer planned. Uh, I have, uh, I'm only here for two weeks, and then I'm, I'm actually heading out to the Cape Cod. Okay. Cape Cod, basically, it's, it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I'm going to for sure challenge myself against the best hitters and the best players in all of college baseball, so I'm excited for it, but awesome. hopefully just, just get myself ready for ASU next year, and then if the draft comes, the draft comes, if not, then I go to ASU, and I'm excited for that.
2: How did the Cape Cod opportunity come along?
3: You... Um, my advisor, my agent. Uh, I, got an, uh, I signed with Tristan Peters, yeah. advisor and stuff like that, and they, they helped me out a lot. They got my name out there a lot more, and so they helped me out. Awesome. A whole lot right,
2: let's have some fun questions. Uh, favorite MLB team? Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. Uh, favorite MLB player? Clayton Kershaw. All right. Uh, see a pattern here? Uh, is uh, yeah. is Kershaw the guy that you also like to emulate uh, your game after, or are there other pitchers that you look at that you try and? I'd mimic?
3: Say, uh, yeah, Kershaw obviously, but he's he's got his different windup and stuff like that. But I'd say the one I would try and just like a modern day Mark Burley kind of kind of yeah. vibe, you know what I mean, stuff like that. But yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, pitch clock. What do you think? Uh, some of the new rule changes. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the bigger bases uh, don't impact pitchers quite as much. But what do you think of the MLB changes that they've they've implemented?
3: I don't mind it. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason a pitcher should take 20 seconds. The only way you're doing that is if you're taking more time than you need. And uh, I think I think it's fine. Uh, the one thing I don't like about it is like bases loaded, three two count, ninth inning, World Series game seven and you're gonna call a walk on something like that but like but other than that I think I think uh, there's no wrong nothing wrong with the pitch clock.
2: Do you tend to I, I should probably know this from watching it but do you tend to work pretty quickly or are you uh, do you like to take your time or does it depend? There's
3: moments there's moments like you got to slow yourself down falling behind 2-0 and yeah. slow down but if you you're up 0-2 there's no point of slowing down right so already got so much advantage
2: with the shorter stay here do you have any goals in terms of just dealing with the talking to some of the younger guys or or uh you know acting in that capacity in terms of mentorship or or i don't know uh, just anything like that have you thought
3: about that at all Uh, yeah for sure just uh let these guys know like how truly special it is to play for a team like this the fans really do treat you like gold and there's no better place to play college baseball than here. Okay. Sylvan like maybe giving us a run, but I'm uh, still still behind on the OkTucks dogs for sure. But yeah, but uh, uh
2: what does this stadium and this fan base and this uh, this program mean to you?
3: It means a lot. I've uh, yeah. been here since 2018, uh, good five six years now. So you know, it's uh, they've I wouldn't be the player I am today without this place, and I can say that my chest out 100% like without these couches I would not be where I'm at so uh, it's cool it's cool though.
2: well I'm yeah. gonna miss seeing you walking around the concourse on days you're not pitching with the football jersey <laughs> yeah. on I know <laughs> I've seen that a couple times yeah. so uh, uh, best of luck this season here and yeah. in the Cape Cod yeah. League as well
1: Next up is the reigning WCBL Pitcher of the Year. Josh Tucker was very impressive for the Sylvan Lake Gulls last summer, going 6-0 with a 2.23 ERA in 10 starts, striking out 91 batters in just 56 plus innings of work. Then in two playoff starts, the Spokane Washington product went 1-1 with a 3.37 ERA and 16 strikeouts in 10 plus innings. The 6'3", 210-pound southpaw was expecting to be a bigger piece of the pitching puzzle for Central Methodist University this spring, but injuries and sicknesses gotten away. Tucker has put that all behind him and is hoping to anchor a veteran gull squad looking to fly past the competition. Josh, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah,
4: thank you so much.
1: First off, welcome back to Sylvan Lake. How excited are you to get back
4: at it? Well, I'm pretty excited, uh feel like we have some unfinished business after last year, losing in the uh, second round to the Dogs, but feel like we got a really good team this year, and we want to put together some good games and make a deep run in the playoffs this summer.
1: Mm-hmm. You are the league's reigning pitcher of the year. Are you feeling any pressure living up to those expectations again?
4: Uh, not really. I'm just kind of excited to get back out on the mound up here, Had a ton of fun doing it last year, and as long as I'm having fun, I'm going to be doing really well.
1: Looking back on it, what was the key to your success and the numbers that you put up last year?
4: The uh, big thing for me was kind of just getting in a good mindset to be ultra-competitive with the hitter and just believing that my stuff is better than them. And when I go up there and have that mentality, it's just over for the other team.
1: Did you surprise yourself at all with the performance you put in last summer?
4: Um, a little bit at times. like. But- I always kind of knew I had it in me but there are some moments where I was like I can't really believe it I just had to kind of absorb it and enjoy it while it's happening
1: so how do you replicate it or even better and beat it
4: uh, hard work taking it day by day because if I try to get ahead of myself and think too much about the end goal or whatever you're going to get lost in the now and you just got to kind of take it one day one Hitting one pitch at a time, really.
1: So that being said, do you have any goals or numbers you'd like to hit when all is said and done the summer's over?
4: Uh, Not in particular. I just want to go out there and help the team win, put, put up the best numbers I can. I don't know if I'll be able to replicate last year. I'm hoping I can, but really it's just going to be about going out there and putting up all the best numbers I can and trying to help this team win.
1: I know originally you weren't going to come back you had some other plans or some pitch count issues that kind of thing but it all sorted itself out and you are back in Selvin Lake now do you still have a plan to manage your outings to a certain extent or walk us through sort of the mindset as you head into the year and and trying to manage your your own expectations and your own arm health
4: yeah so I think school ball I was expected to throw a lot more than I did but because of injuries and illness like COVID I had there around spring break time, I wasn't able to get out there and throw as much as me or my team was hoping, so with that, I was able to change my plans for the summer and come back here, and I'll have as many innings as I can throw, I'll be able to throw. No limit this year.
1: Fantastic. Did you work on anything during the winter to get yourself ready for the spring slash summer before the injury bug and, and the the health bugs hit?
4: Um, yeah, I worked on one of my pitches that I barely used last year, last summer. I started doing it last summer, actually. But I threw it for a few guys over the fall. Uh, last summer, towards the end of the summer, I threw it a few times, and some people saw it, and they said I should work on it and develop that pitch some more, and it was the changeup. So I've worked hard on my changeup a lot become a lot better offering for me to attack hitters with.
1: This team's got a lot of returning veterans, yourself included, as you've talked with those guys and gotten yourself back into into the swing of summer ball here. Have you set out any expectations of yourselves or started working on that um, identity piece heading into the summer?
4: Um, Not really. I think we're still kind of trying to mold together, bring in the new guys, add them to what we had last year. Obviously, it's not going to be the exact same as it was last year culturally, but I think we want to try to shoot something similar, try to get a good group together and get a feel for everything before we dive too deep into anything.
1: Does it make that piece a little bit easier, knowing that you know a lot of the guys, and not only that, but you know the coaching staff as well? You talk about Jason Chatwood and company. Do you you kind of... Talk a little bit about learning from, from him and learning from that coaching staff in Sylvan.
4: Oh, yeah. So uh, that's the reason I actually originally came up here last year is because I knew the pitching coach. I worked with him the last two summers before the last, and this will be my fourth year working with him. Great guy. Uh, that would be Matt Hape. But, yeah, great guy. Worked really well with pitching, which is why I think so they probably had the best pitching staff last year. It's good. We worked so well for pitchers, and all the our catcher was great, so we're all comfortable. But we really do develop up here, which is very nice to have that development instead of just playing, but also developing and getting better every day.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that staff, one guy who's had a uh, lights out spring so far is Tyler Boudreaux, and that means between you and him, that's a pretty big one two punch returning to the Gulls lineup. How excited are you to see him and some of the other guys on that staff throw their stuff?
4: Oh, I'm so excited. I, I loved watching them last year, just being able to sit on the bench and enjoy their outings. Like Boudreaux would go up there and put up great numbers and get that no-share. That no-share was extremely fun to watch down in a. Wayburn last year, but another mm-hmm. guy loved watching because he got through games very quickly, low pitch count, just got out very fast. Was a uh, Steve Hospital, mm-hmm. so much fun to watch him because there's just you, you knew when he was on the mound, you were getting to go home early that night. So <laughs> quick, easy day at the ballpark
1: absolutely Uh, a few more questions here to round things out we're going to start off with a little bit of rapid fire for you Uh, a little bit of fun here so here's the first one what's your favorite ballpark food oh ballpark food um cheeseburger cheeseburger best ballpark you've ever been to at any level majors or down to college whatever the whatever the stadium it is which is your favorite
4: Uh, AT&T Park, or I guess it's Oracle Park now in San Francisco. I really like that one.
1: Any reason why?
4: Uh, Just my favorite team. It's right there on the uh, San Francisco Bay. Really nice view and everything.
1: Uh, Third question, your go-to pregame musical jam.
4: Ooh, shoot. Probably anything classic rock. I really enjoy classic rock. Sometimes I'll listen to rap, but other than that, it's usually just classical rock.
1: Loving. I'm a rock guy myself, so I'll take it. Uh, your favorite baseball memory?
4: Um, a few summers ago, I threw a no-hitter in North Dakota. That was a really good line. Seven-inning no-hitter, 14 strikeouts. I, I remember that one. That was a really good day.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good day. Finally, your hero, whether it be in baseball or in life? Um,
4: probably my hero in baseball would be Growing up, as was Madison Bumgarner. I really enjoyed watching him, especially in the 2014 World Series. So I always kind of try to replicate my mentality and just bulldog mindset on the mound after him. Very cool. And how about in life? Um, shoot, probably my brother, twin brother. The last couple of years, he's been in the Army for in the U.S. Army. So kind of nice to see him and talk to him every now and then. Yeah, great
1: guy. I had no idea you had a twin brother so you learn something new every single day with, uh, with doing interviews like this and love the rapid fire stuff. Yeah. My final question for you here, it's one we ask everybody here on the podcast, what does the game of baseball mean to you?
4: Um, it kind of means a lot because it's been something I've been doing since I was a little. It's always been the dream to move on and play at the highest level, whether it be professional or where I'm at now, college. And it's just kind of my life. I've always loved the game. It's kind of just been the foundation, I guess, of everything I've built on in my life, my morals, what I believe in. Everything I do just kind of revolves around it. So it's really just what I am.
1: That's a great answer, Josh. Really appreciate the time. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point in your young career. Best of luck this summer and beyond. And thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you so much. And lastly, Dimitri Shikako has added his name to the lengthy list of Albertans who have made an immediate impact at Cloud County Community College. The Fredericton New Brunswick utility man led the team in batting average at 413 to go along with 506 on-base percentage, 7 home runs, and 39 RBI in just 41 games. Unfortunately, the Vauxhall Academy of Baseball product season came to an abrupt end thanks to a hand injury but it was still good enough of a performance for him to be named a first-team All-Kansas Jayhawk Community College Conference West Division selection and an All-NJCAA Region 6 baseball selection. He's still on the mend right now, but is hopeful he'll be back on the field soon to help the Bulls make a rush to the playoffs. Dimitri, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
5: That's good to be here.
1: What a year you had at Cloud, four thirteen, seven 7 home runs, and 39 RBI in 45 games. How did you feel about the season as it stood?
5: Uh, I mean, I thought it was a really good season. Um, definitely turned around really quick. I mean, the first month and a half, I think I was batting a buck. Maybe not even. Like I was couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat for the first <laughs> month. Um, and really just kind of trust the process, stick it through, you know you get your opportunities, take them and went from there.
1: So what was working for you when you finally got things figured out?
5: Uh, Really, it's just kind of, I mean, at first I was swinging under everything and it was kind of just the, I was trying to force contact. I wasn't getting my swing off. I wasn't being me at the plate, as you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, So really it was just kind of toning it back and just, being on time for the fastball, adjust to the off speed, and you know just be ready to hit. Be a hitter. You know, mm-hmm. don't let mistakes go by. You. you know, be patient. Let them come to you. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that, really.
1: On that college front, you mentioned the word adjustment. Was there much of, a, of an adjustment from your perspective having to go from the life of high school over to the college life?
5: Uh yeah. I mean, you see a lot more eighty five and up. 90 guys Mm -hmm. so um for the first little bit it was definitely took me a while to get used to seeing the level of pitching um but really i i didn't think it was all that you know big of a change there's obviously some guys in high school still that still throw like gas i mean Mm -hmm. there's still some guys that are throwing 92 93 um but i mean i faced this one kid throwing 97 and a week later he hit 100 it was (laughs) It was crazy to face that and kind of experience that for uh, myself.
1: So when you actually get to experience it, what's going through your mind as you see that thing whiz by you? Did you have to take a minute and go, okay, here we
5: go? Yeah, I mean, uh, so first time I I got in the box, we were facing this kid. um, The leadoff hitter hits kind of a pull side cap shot to left, left field, just fly out or whatever. And uh, we have pretty big uh, drama with this team. Like, we don't like each other that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, some words were said, and next pitch I see, I'm the two-hole guy. So, next pitch I see, 97. <laughs> <laughs> and I was waiting for, like, 93, 94 That's uh, what we had scouted on them. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't even get my foot down before that thing flew by me. So, I was just like, okay, we got to get going here
1: gotta be quite the adjustment for you speaking of adjustments uh heading down to cloud was the adjustment a little bit easier as well given the fact that you're surrounded by a few i'll call them familiar faces but guys that you've seen through the circuit in alberta or in canada i mean you've got a lot of a lot of maple leafs kicking around in cloud and have for quite a few years now
5: yeah i mean uh it's definitely nice to have some you know canadians out there you know you can kind of root back to where you came from and had some conversations about what's going on. So it definitely didn't take long to kind of feel like home. I mean, Cloud, where we are, is a small town. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely way bigger than uh, Vauxhall, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was similar atmosphere, smaller town. You know, you kind of play baseball, go to school, kind of have that family atmosphere. So I loved it. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better place to be, honestly. Very cool.
1: Now that you've had a taste of it, how excited are you to get back down there and show that that first year and the numbers that you were able to put up was no fluke?
5: I mean, I'm fired up. Uh, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better season for my freshman year. Um, Definitely the biggest thing that I got to do is put on some size, you know, maybe put on a little bit more speed and just basically just build on what I did last year uh, and just go from there. Mm-hmm. don't overcomplicate it keep the game simple do less every single at bat and go from there have some fun
1: what do you see as the potential with that team especially when you see the group of returning veterans that are gonna be back for year two
5: i think we'll be one nasty hitting lineup um pitching wise we're losing our almost our entire starting rotation so it should be interesting pitching wise um uh, But uh, our hitting lineup, I think, will be really good. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's go back to the very beginning with you in baseball. You're a product of Fredericton, New Brunswick, although you were born in Lethbridge. We'll get into the backstory in a second. But when you were growing up, what was the scene like out there playing ball?
5: Um, Baseball in New Brunswick isn't. There's some really good baseball players. Like I don't know if you know who Max Grant is. Mm -hmm. He played at volleyball as well. So there's definitely and there's some others from some other cities that are playing some pretty high level baseball right now. But uh, I mean, the baseball is not anything special. Like, I mean, there's definitely better baseball in Canada than New Brunswick. Uh, But it was really just kind of I didn't really know for sure what sport I was going to choose because I played hockey. I mean, I played every sport in the book, so. Really, it was kind of just my last, my grade 10 year of high school where I was just like, you know what? I think baseball is the way I want to go and just kind of got uh, hooked up with some, yeah, with less and went from there
1: what was it about baseball that drew you to the game itself? Because as you mentioned, hockey is a first love, not just in Canada, but specifically your household. Your dad is a yeah. former hurricane, for example. He's got the the collegiate career behind him and, and more. I mean, it had to have been tough to go, you know what? I'm going to try something different.
5: Um. Yeah. I mean, my dad was really good about it. He, uh, you know, he obviously, if I went hockey, he would have been able to help me out as his- more as he was the hockey player himself um but uh yeah he uh pretty much let that whole decision be up to me and uh you know I just found that hockey was fun and all but baseball I was slightly better at and I felt like I could you know take it a little further than hockey um and I, you know I love hitting baseballs it's what I dream about it's what I wake up wanting to do so I just love baseball I mean everything about it you know just kind of the skill level it takes to play baseball is what really intrigued me.
1: Did you have a favorite team or a player growing up?
5: Uh, yeah. Um, I had a few guys. Um, I was a big fan of Jose Bautista, especially when he hit that home run there against mm-hmm. the Rangers. Yeah, that was big. I love seeing that, um, big fan of Mike Trout too. Um, I was a bit of a Jeter fan. I think I didn't watch a whole lot of him, but loved the way he played the game and all that kind of stuff there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a big Blue Jays guy, so hoping they can figure it out here soon.
1: Fingers crossed, because man, oh man, as we record this, uh, just under 500, fifth place in the division, It's it's been a little bit. Went crazy trying to be a Jays fan lately. I got to say that. Uh, we mentioned the fact that you had that early connection to Lethbridge through being born there. And, of course, your dad playing there. Was that a, a primary driver behind your decision to go to Vauxhall in high school? Or walk us through how that uh, that conversation and, and opportunity all came about?
5: So uh, I was playing in the Ray Carter Cup in Ontario when I was about 15 years old. That's the uh, national tournament that goes on. mm mm-hmm. Um, I had a really good tournament. I mean, I can't really remember too much of it, uh, but I know I had a pretty good tournament and the, uh, president of, uh, the Brunswick baseball or whatever you call him, uh, he pretty much was just like, you know, I think you're good enough to play at the next level and we want to help you out and get you where you need to be. And Max Grant was already at Vauxhall. So, uh, I knew about it already. And uh, all I've heard about Vauxhall was how amazing it was, the level of talent that comes out of there, um, all those kind of good things and how Les was an amazing coach, you know, Coach K, Blaker, and there's Bergie now who came in last year. Um, So, yeah, everything I just heard about Vauxhall was just like, you know, I want to go there. You know, there was no other place in my mind that I wanted to go but Vauxhall. And uh, I got lucky enough to get hooked up grade 12 my senior year and, go there, have fun, have a great year. Um, get scouted to go to clouds. So it was awesome.
1: Looking back on it, what did that experience mean to you? And did it match up to the expectations you had set forth?
5: Oh, it, it, it exceeded them. That's for sure. I mean, I knew kind of talked to max a little bit. Um, and Drew Lenahan, who's from Woodstock, who's mm-hmm. about four, 45 minutes away from, uh, Fredericton where I'm from. So I had a little bit of a, uh, someone I knew there, so I wasn't going in there blind. Uh, it completely exceeded my expectations just like the how it feels like family you know mm-hmm. kind of just everybody's there to support you help you out any way you need academically you know mentally physically you know anything you really needed anybody was there willing to help you and i mean i loved it um i wish i could go back and do it all over again um uh, But uh, that's moved on from my time. And hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years or as I get older, I can maybe be a part of the uh, academy and see what happens there. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Speaking of your adopted home of sorts, you're getting to play some summer college ball here in Lethbridge as well with the Bulls. How excited are you for that opportunity once it comes about? We'll get into the once it comes about in a second. But uh, talk us through your excitement about getting to play at that, that level in that stadium.
5: Um, so I played my last ever Vauxhall game as a Vauxhall Jet in Spitz Stadium. So, uh, you know, I definitely shed a few tears during the end of that game, you know, saying goodbye, and, you know, never put being able to put the jersey back on again was hard. Um, but, uh, you know, getting back to go there, um, especially being able to be a part of the TCMM game. Uh, That's big. That's pretty special. You know, get to play against all the guys. You know, I wish I could be playing in it, but, you know, just being a part of it's definitely pretty fun. Uh, But being able to play with, you know, ex-alumni guys that I played with last year, you know, I think it'll be an amazing summer and, you know, be filled with a lot of great memories this year.
1: I can only imagine. Now let's get to that, uh, soon. Hopefully, uh, obviously you didn't get to finish out the entire season with cloud because of a a hand injury. Walk us through the injury and, and maybe some of the prognosis that you're looking forward to as far as, uh, what's the next steps in your journey to get back onto the field.
5: Yeah. So, um, we were playing a four game series in our last one of the year before playoffs. So, I mean, we're, I'm six days out from game one of playoffs. Um, and first game second at bat I walked was on first and uh stole second and I caught the guy's foot with my hand and uh ended up breaking my pinky on my right hand that's my bottom hand so I couldn't even swing a bat I ended up still playing the rest of the the day both games of hmm. uh, the adrenaline kind of helped with that yeah <laughs> uh, but uh yeah definitely uh I knew it right away I didn't really want to believe it. Um, Next day, went to the hospital, got x-rayed, got the uh, bad news. Um, so really, it's just kind of four weeks. Um, I had the choice for surgery, said no, um, kind of wanted to avoid all of that. And uh, so I'm going to get it x-rayed here again, back in Canada, in Lethbridge here, um, in like a week or two, see if it's healing. And if not, then pretty much I'll have to get surgery. And then that would be my summer, basically waiting and rehabbing
1: how's it been feeling to this point or is it still in a cast and you can't really tell whether or not it's good or not? Cause it's just the pinky finger, right?
5: Yeah. Um, it definitely doesn't hurt anymore. Um, it does when I hit it or so or whatever, or, uh, accidentally try and move it. Sometimes I forget it's broken <laughs> still, but so, uh, yeah, it's just in a splint still. Um, just kind of keeping it from moving, keeping the tendons from shortening up and all that. So mm-hmm. day by day, week by week,
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we wish you the best of luck in the recuperation piece. Do you feel like yeah. that might be one of the bigger obstacles that you've had to overcome during your, your young uh, baseball career?
5: Um, Yeah, injuries have definitely been a problem. Um, I used to have extremely bad shoulder problems when I was a kid. I mean, I was undersized, throwing harder than I should have been. Um, so definitely putting on muscle and some weight helped out a lot with uh, shoulder issues. Um, never really had any... Muscle problems like torn muscles or anything. Um, had a few pulled ones, had a few, you know, beat up ones, uh, here and there, but really, you know, the biggest obstacle that I've ever had to come overcome was just the mental side of the game. I mean, baseball is 95% mental, um, mm-hmm. a game of failure, right? Like if you can't handle failing over and over and over again, you know, baseball is not going to be the sport for you, uh, in the long run. Um, but yeah, definitely having good resources behind me to help me through the struggles was definitely the biggest obstacle I've had in baseball.
1: Mm-hmm. Conversely, what are some of your favorite memories or moments on the field where you just had to sit there and go, I can't believe I'm here, man?
5: Um, Definitely one of my biggest memories um, was working with Matt Stairs. Big guy, big name around uh, New Brunswick, especially... Uh, being able to work with him and just pick his brain about baseball and the hitting side, you know, kind of just learning everything that he learned throughout his career, um, and getting to just work face to face with him, You know, I still text him every now and then I texted him all throughout the season, uh, at cloud, just kind of, you know, when I was struggling there, I was texting him a lot, just kind of figuring out the mental side and, you know, being there at cloud, um, I think I went four for four one game. Now it's just like, wow. So I'm here playing college baseball doing this. Like, this is pretty mm-hmm. crazy. I never would have thought two years ago I'd be playing college baseball, you know? So being able to step onto that field, um, play that level of competition, you know, it was, it was, it was an amazing experience.
1: Very cool. And I think the segues into my next question really well, which is uh, one of the standards that we ask here on the podcast. But it's about that advice, especially for those kids who are just getting started on their journeys or maybe they're, they're picking up the ball at, at an academy for the first time. What would you offer them as far as words of advice or wisdom that, to get them through and maybe become uh, the next Dimitri Chicago in the future?
5: Um, well, for sure, what I'd tell them is uh, be your own baseball player. Um never try and be someone you're not. Um, whoever you are at the plate, whether you're a guy that hits singles, does jobs for the team, like kind of a role player, the guy that brings in RBIs, the guy that gets on base, a leadoff hitter. Whatever your strong suits are, um definitely evolve on them. Like keep going with them. Don't try and be, you know, you see all these guys in college getting huge shout-outs hitting, like, 20-some bombs a year. Um, see the MLB guys hitting, like, 50-some bombs, when, winning MVPs. But, uh, you know, definitely the guys that don't get talked about the most are the guys that get on base, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and if you're a guy that, you know, doesn't isn't the biggest guy like me, um, you're not really a power guy, be the best contact hitters a coach has ever seen. Like, just barrel everything. You may not hit at 105, Just be the guy that they can rely on to hit something hard and on a line. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely find find some guys that are definitely fall behind the guys that are better than you. Um, If you're in the spot where you're the best player, you're in the wrong spot. Always having someone to kind of go head to head with, whether it's a teammate, an opposing player, having some guy you can just compete with. It doesn't even have to be doubles or home runs, but just having someone that you can be like, I want to be considered as good as him. And you want to work as hard as them, harder than them, uh, all those kind of little things, you know, grinding out and practice, doing things harder than the guy you want to compete with. All those little things add up over, over time and coaches will notice those things, especially at the college level. They notice those things a lot. Well,
1: and obviously they did with you. So congratulations on that front. Final question for you here, Dimitri. It's the one we ask everybody, what does the game of baseball mean to you?
5: Uh, it means everything. I eat, sleep and breathe baseball. Um, And there's no other sport that I could have chose. Like, I mean, I think back at hockey and I think, you know, what would it be if I chose hockey? Uh, But I definitely don't regret choosing baseball at all. It's, you know, it's my love for anything in the world. I mean, I'd do anything to play baseball the rest of my life. Uh, And it's just something that, you know, I wake up every morning. I'm like, okay, I get to go to the ball field. I get to be a player, you know. Um, So it means everything to me. I, I don't know what I'd do without it. Well,
1: that's fantastic stuff. Dimitri, congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success going forward. All the best of luck with your recuperation, rehabilitation. Look forward to seeing you on a field soon. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
5: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks again to Lou Pote, Matt Wilkinson, Josh Tucker, and Dimitri Shikako for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you like this or any other episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on your podcast app to help spread the word about ADS. A tip of the cap as well to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The generosity shown by the Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy has been integral in helping us share the game stories in this province. For more on our teammates, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.